Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Great. Well, why don't you put your hands together and welcome Liz as she comes to share with us today. Awesome. Thank you. Let me just get sorted here. I'm a little bit shorter, so I need to sort this out. Good morning. How is everyone? Oh, that. I'll pray for you. Um, it's okay. It's winter. It's a little bit chilly. It was really... Di- did anyone find it difficult to get out of bed this morning? That was me. I am not a morning person, so um, bless my husband. He is. That's always um, tricky to navigate. Anyway... It is. If you are not the morning person and you live with a morning person, that can be really irritating and probably vice versa. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, I'm going to pray. Will you pray with me? Um, Heavenly Father, thank you that you're already here. Thank you that you've been at work today. Thank you that we just get to gather together as your people and as family and that we get to have a look at your word, Lord. Thank you that you have things to speak to us. So I just pray right now, Lord, that you help us to have open hearts, open ears, Lord, that we would be hearing you speak to us this morning, each of us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. So we are in week four of Holy Habits. If you haven't gone, if you haven't um, heard the other three weeks, um, jump on, you know, YouTube, podcast, have a listen. Um, the first message was really great, actually. If you missed that one, go back and watch that one because it just kind of sets everything up. Um, but the heart behind this series is really just to teach and equip and inspire us because holy habits position us for God's best. Now, we don't become who we want to be by accident. It requires us being intentional. So if we really want to follow Jesus and become more like him, then we need to set ourselves up where we are creating habits. So if we're not doing something, it's not going to become a habit, right? Okay, so, so far we've looked at fellowship and solitude, and we found out that we need both of those things, regardless of whether we're a people person or we feel like we're not really, we need both of those things. And then last week, Pastor Tam shared on the importance of reading the Bible. So this week, we are going to be looking at the holy habits of prayer and confession. That's good. Somebody was excited. Um, So the very first thing I'm just going to say, what is prayer? Prayer in its simplest form is just talking to God. Talking to God. It's a conversation. It is direct communication with the creator of the universe. How cool is that? Anyone can pray to God anywhere at any time. It's like... It's actually, when you think about it, it's a miracle. It's amazing. Now, you might be a seasoned prayer here today, or maybe prayer is something that's really new to you. Um, Maybe you don't really pray often. Maybe you've only really prayed when you're in a desperate situation. Um, But regardless of your prayer life, um, hopefully by the end of this message, you will feel encouraged and equipped to connect with God more. Um, Because he loves us. He loves you. 
and he wants to hear you speak to him. He wants to speak and he wants us to know him, right? If you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear that. So, show of hands. Who believes in the power of prayer? Good, lots of hands. That's good. Now, pop your hand up if you have ever received an answer to prayer that is like, this only could have happened with God. Yes. Awesome. Okay, so we all believe in prayer. We've all seen answers to prayer. But I think most of us would probably say, we don't really pray as much as we could or should. Is that right? Some of you are amazing intercessors, I know. So you're like, I pray all the time. That is really good. And we, that is awesome. But why don't we pray more? If we all believe in the power of prayer, we've all seen answers to prayer, why don't we pray more? What stops us from connecting with God in this way? Now, actually, I asked this question on Instagram this week, just to get kind of some rough ideas. What are the things that stop you from praying? So I'm going to share some of you. I'm not going to share who shared the things. I'm going to share some of the answers with you. And I just want you to have a think about, um, can you relate to any of these? Okay, so some of the things that stop people from praying. Laziness. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Um, Sometimes shame. Tiredness. Has anyone fallen asleep praying? Yeah, I do that. Um, Kids interrupting. Oh, the parents said amen. Um, Distractions. We get distracted, don't we? Um, This is a good one. Doubting that God will respond. Feeling like you're just praying for the same thing over and over again. Now, I can relate to most of those, absolutely. I think, now this is just what I've been pondering this week. I think one of the problems when it comes to praying is that either we can be stopped from praying because either we have a wrong view of God or a wrong view of prayer or maybe both. So what I want to do now is I want to look at what is the truth of God and what is the truth of prayer. All right, so God is omnipresent. We're going to look at some big O words here. God is omnipresent, and that basically just means he is everywhere all at once. So if we're thinking of that in the context of prayer, we don't have to go somewhere special to pray. He is omniscient, which means he is all-knowing. He knows everything. And in the context of prayer, that means that we don't even have to pray out loud. He can hear us. He is omnipotent, and that means he is all-powerful. So that means not only does he have the ability to hear every single person's prayer all at once, but he has the ability to answer them too. How good is that? Now, contrary to what the world will tell us, God is not far away. He is close to us. He wants to be close to us. He loves us and he wants to have a relationship with us. If you want to read more about that, head to 1 John because it has a whole stack of things about God's love, how he loved us first. We love because he first loved us. God loves us. Now, reading the Bible is important because it's where we get to learn the truth about who God is and his ways. But prayer is where we really get to forge real relationship with him. Now, prayer is not just one-sided. Prayer is meant to be a two-way conversation where we get to share our heart 
and where we in turn give God the opportunity to speak back to us. So I just want you to think right now about somebody who you really love, one of your favourite people, maybe your favourite person in the world. How often do you speak to them? Every day? Several times a day? Regularly, right? You, when you love someone, you want to talk to them all the time, right? Or have a think about if there's somebody new that you meet and you want to get to know them, what do you do? You meet for coffee, you have a chat, you ask questions about them, you want to find out about them and then they ask you questions and then you have a chat about it. This is how we should approach building relationship with God. Now you might be thinking, well, I've prayed and I've never heard God speak. Now, I just want to encourage you because I used to feel that way too. But I want to tell you that God does speak. He is always speaking. And we just need to learn how he speaks to us. He speaks to each of us differently, right? He, he connect, he's created us differently. And so he's going to connect with each of us differently. We know in the Bible as well, it says, Jesus himself said that my sheep know my voice. So we know that it's possible. So when I felt like I haven't heard God speak, I actually was intentional about learning. How do I hear from God? How does he speak to me? I remember um, a few years ago, I was in a prayer meeting. Our church at the time were doing a week of prayer, kind of like what we're in now. But we had um, our whole auditorium was set up with all these different prayer stations. And so it was um, this really beautiful atmosphere and there was music and there was these stations that had all these different prayer activities. I remember sitting there and I had these, these prayers to like read out and pray. And I was doing this and as I was doing that, I kept hearing this new song in my head. It was like this song idea. Um, I love to write songs and so this idea kept coming and I was getting a little bit frustrated and I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to pray, like, can you help me out? And so I was getting a bit upset and trying to pray and this song just kept coming and like even more ideas were coming and then I finally realised that it was the Lord. (laughs) And so here I was getting angry because I was trying to pray and speak to him and he was actually saying, I have something for you. Can you give me a chance to speak? (laughs) Sometimes God will do that. He will put thoughts or ideas or even songs in our head. Not everyone is going to hear the audible voice of God. And if you do, that is amazing and I bless you in that. But not everyone is going to experience God in that way all of the time. Sometimes we might sense God, we might feel his presence, we might sense his still small voice inside. Some people see pictures, some people dream dreams. There are lots of different ways that we can experience the voice of God. Some people love to read the Bible and feel like that's where they hear him the most clearly. But every believer has access to God through the Holy Spirit and God does want to communicate with us. All right, so we're going to look a bit more into prayer. So here are some things about prayer from the Bible. So did you know that there are at least eight different words for prayer in the New Testament alone? Now, some of these words can be translated um, as to beseech. That's a nice word. 
See if you can use that in your vocab this week. Um, To desperately request, to intercede, a supplication or a need, earnest prayer, a vow, to openly acknowledge, a meeting, conference or interview. They're cool, hey? Now, one word you might hear frequently um, around here is intercession or intercessory prayer. Now, this is just a fancy way of saying um, praying for somebody else or behalf of somebody else. Um, So that's what we do in the chapel. That's where all the prayer needs come in and then we get to pray over them. We get to lift up these needs of other people up to the throne of heaven. Um, And it happens with our prayer ministry team as well. Their job is to intercede on your behalf. Now, the first instance of prayer we see in the Bible is actually in Genesis 4 because originally prayer wasn't really prayer as we know it now wasn't really a thing because Adam and Eve lived in community with God. They literally walked in the garden with him and spoke to him face to face. How amazing would that be? We get to do that in heaven, so I'm looking forward to that. But it wasn't until um, a little bit further down in Genesis, after they'd been separated from God, that men began to call on the name of the Lord. In the Bible, we see people kneeling in prayer. We see them crying. We see people standing in prayer with their arms stretched out, all sorts of different postures in prayer. So we see that it's, we don't have to stand or look in a certain way. We can come to God um, and it's more about the posture of our heart than what our body's doing. Now, I don't know if you've really thought about this. I think about this a lot. Um, For some reason, it's like a mystery, but God has chosen to use the operating system of prayer. He's actually chosen to partner with us through the act of prayer. Now, in the Old Testament alone, we see many examples of how prayer moved God's hand and even changed God's mind. I'm just going to give you a few quick examples. In the book of Exodus, God only removed the plagues of Egypt when Moses prayed. In the book of Samuel, we see Hannah prayed for a child and she went on to have several children. In 2 Kings, King Hezekiah is told that he is going to die, but he begs God to heal him, and he does, and he lives. What have we missed out on just because we didn't pray? Reading the Bible transforms us through the renewing of our mind. Pastor Tam shared about that last week. It changes what we know and how we think. But prayer changes our heart and how we feel and transforms us to become more like Jesus. Think about it like this. If the Bible is our spiritual food, then prayer is like our spiritual oxygen. We need it to survive. All right, here are some more things we can learn about prayer in the Bible. Okay, we pray in Jesus' name. Ephesians 5.20 says this, And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus' name has power. Jesus instructs us to pray in his name. And it's like using his authority, but he's given us permission to do that. Now, the other reason we do this is because we actually only have access to God because of Jesus. 
Sin separated us from God. And when Jesus died on the cross, he made a way for us to have connection back with God. So that's why we say in Jesus' name. In the old days, we used to say, for Jesus' sake. Does anyone still say that? So we pray to the Father through Jesus and we hear him or connect with him through the Holy Spirit. All right, we should pray with faith. Many times in the New Testament Gospels, we see a correlation between people's faith and answered prayer. Jesus himself said in Matthew 21, 22, Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. Now we've got to talk about the tension in this a little bit, don't we? Because we've all prayed for things and haven't seen them come about, right? Now, actually, yeah, I want to address this. If somebody has ever said to you that you haven't received something because you didn't have enough faith, I just want to say I'm sorry. Because that's not true either. Like, Jesus says you need faith the size of a mustard seed. So, it... If you are praying, then I believe that's enough faith. So it's not true that you didn't receive something because you didn't have enough faith, okay? Just putting that out there. All right, let's talk about this though. So this is not saying that we can just get whatever we want and it doesn't mean every prayer is a yes. This is a good example of why we can't just like grab one verse from the Bible and hang all of our theology on it. We need to be looking at the Bible as a whole and checking because God's story is all through the Bible and we need to know all of it to see all of it in proper context, right? So I'm going to read you another verse from 1 John 5, 14 and 15. It says this, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So there's the kicker according to his will. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. It has to be in his will anyway. All right? So we read the Bible, we get to know all about God, his heart. And as we do that more and more, we become more aligned with what his will is. And we pray from that place. As we become more like Jesus, his will becomes our will. And we're praying in accordance with that. Does that make sense? But I do have to acknowledge there is a tension that we don't always receive every prayer. I'm going to get to that a bit further on as well. We don't need impressive or fancy prayers. This is comforting, right? Matthew 6, 5 in the message says this. This is a little bit long, but it's good, so hang in there. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for 15 minutes of fame. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. 
Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. We can be honest to God. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. This is so good. The world is, so, is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. So good. So here we see the trap of trying to make a show of our prayers, when in reality it's about being authentic before our Father. And it's not about manipulating him either, rather trusting him as we go to him. All right, we should keep praying and be persistent. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. You need to underline that in your Bible. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. That's good. We should pray about everything. Now, some of my all-time favourite verses here are in Philippians um, chapter 4. Verses 6 and 7. I'm going to read. This is from the New Living. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So we've already acknowledged that of course, God doesn't always give us everything we want, which is a good thing, right? Like, (laughs) as you get older, you can kind of appreciate that a bit more. Sometimes we don't get the outcome we prayed for. But here's what I want you to know. When you're in relationship with someone, you trust them, right? You know that they have your best interests at heart and that they love you. So when we have an active, growing relationship with the Lord... We can trust that even though life doesn't always look how we want, it's okay because we know God is good, that he has the full perspective of everything and that he is always working for our ultimate good. Also, when we see prayer as relationship building rather than just getting what we want, then regardless of the outcome, it's a win. Now, there's one other little thing that I just want to say about these verses here because there's a promise attached that when we pray, acknowledging who God is, thanking him, trusting him, then even if we don't get the outcome we want, what do we get? We still get peace. Now, if you think about it, that's actually equipping us with the grace and the ability to receive whatever answer from God, right? It's win-win, Who doesn't need more peace? I need peace. Such a good promise. All right. So how do we pray? There are lots of different ways that we can approach prayer, but I'm just going to give you three practical ways today that we can pray. So even if you're brand new to it, you're going to feel like, yep, I know what I'm doing. I can pray to the Lord. Okay, the first one, arrow prayers. 
Who remembers this, learning this as a kid? If you listened to Colin Buchanan, you would probably remember this. Maybe you've taught your kids. Arrow prayers are like really quick, thank you, God, or help me, Jesus. Um, Sorry, Lord. Just those really quick. Do you know what? Quick prayers can still be effective, okay? We've already heard. It doesn't need to be long-winded. It doesn't need to be full of fancy words. Just say what you need really quickly to the Lord. It is good. I love you, Jesus. Do it. It's good. Okay. If you don't know how to pray, pray Scripture. Use your Bible. Get your Bible out and pray the words. Turn the words into prayers. Find some Psalms and read them. You can take verses and like put your name in there. Make it personal. Or if you're praying for somebody else, find prayers of Jesus or the Apostle Paul um, and pray them for yourself. Now, just like last week with the Bible, we had the SOAP method of reading the Bible. We have the ACTS method of prayer. Who knows this one? This one's great. So good. So ACTS stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving and supplication. I was trying to find of some other words that might be a little more simpler or what we use in our general day-to-day, but I didn't get there. Supplication it is. All right. A stands for adoration. So adoration, it's just like what we've done this morning. We spent that whole first section of church worshipping the Lord and telling God how amazing he is and lifting his name up high. That is adoration. Now what this does, it reminds us who we're speaking to. God is a big God. He is a holy God. And often as we come to God in prayer and remember how big our God is, it puts our situation into a better perspective where suddenly as God becomes bigger, our problems become smaller. That's what worship does. Doesn't have to be long-winded. Lord, you're amazing. Confession. Now, this is where the confession bit comes in. You've probably been waiting for that. When is she going to talk about confession? Here it is. Perhaps you hear that word and you think of like a Catholic confession booth. I don't know, or maybe you think of like a criminal confessing to a crime. Um, The holy habit of confession is just about keeping short accounts with God, right? The Bible says in Romans that we all fall short, we've all sinned. Sin separates us from God and becomes like a block in between us. We're all in need of forgiveness. And even though forgiveness is freely available to all of us, it doesn't happen automatically, We have to ask for it. So confession is giving you that opportunity. Now, if adoration is the reality of who God is, then confession is the reality of who we are, okay? Sin cuts us off from God, so confession brings connection back. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's a promise. We just got to get it. Okay? Okay, we're up to T, Thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5:18 says this, "We are to give thanks in all circumstances. There is always something to be grateful for." I'm going to say that again. There is always something to be grateful for. Always. 
Thank him. Being thankful helps us to take the focus off ourselves and back onto God. God is the giver of all good things. We want to acknowledge that. All right, then we get to supplication. Supplication is just asking God for our needs. That's all it is. For him to supply our needs, to ask for something earnestly and humbly. So now, after we've done those other things, we've told him how amazing he is, we've gotten rid of any sin barriers, we've been thankful, now we are ready to bring our requests to the Lord. Because now we have a right perspective of who he is, and hopefully that might even shape what we ask for or how we ask for it. So our ultimate goal of holy habits is to become more like Jesus and follow him more closely. So we should look to him and how he prayed. We're really blessed because we have all the, um, the New Testament, the Gospels, the accounts of Jesus. We get to see from his inner circle um, what his life looked like. In Matthew, we see a time where he was gathered with his disciples and they actually said to him, can you teach us how to pray? And we have this recorded, which is so cool. We literally have like a step-by-step guide in Jesus' own words on how to pray. If you have your Bibles here or your phone, turn with me now to Matthew 6. Now, this is the Lord's Prayer. Now, I'm sure a lot of you would have heard this before. You know it off by heart, perhaps. I'm actually going to read it in the Passion Translation because I feel like it just gives something a little extra. And then we're going to go back and I'm going to go through it all and we'll use the more traditional wording. But just have a listen to this. Jesus said, pray like this. Our beloved Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the centre on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider for all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. So cool. Now, I do want to tell you this is not meant to be something that we learn word for word off by heart and just recite every day without thinking about it. If you want to pray this through every day, that is awesome. But make sure it becomes from the heart and not just empty words from memory, right? It's just meant to be a guide, but let's go through it. I'm going to fly through this real quick. So it starts with our Father. So this is a reminder that it is all about relationship. God is our creator, but he is also our Abba, our Father. Now that word Abba, which is used in the New Testament, it's better translated as Daddy or even Dada, like a child coming to their father. It implies a closeness and a reliance. He is our provider, protector, our father, our defender. And when we know who he is, it shapes how we interact with him. All right, who is in heaven? Now, this is not about location. 
It's not implying that he is far away up in heaven, far away from us. It is actually his position of authority, that he is high above us. He's far above, but not far away. Hallowed be your name. That's just like you can translate hallowed as holy. We need to come to God recognising he is a holy God and we're not talking to just any old mate, right? We're saying holy is your name. We've done that this morning. We are to revere and fear him. We can have friendship with him, but we need to be aware of his holiness. We can't treat him like a genie and we can't be too casual. It is a privilege to come to him in prayer. Now, I want to say as well, it's not just acknowledging God's name as holy. When we're saying, hallowed be your name, that's also a prayer that God's name would be lifted up by others, right? So it's not just a personal proclamation, it's a prophetic declaration. Your kingdom come. For so long, the world has not been operating as God designed it. We get to pray that more of God's kingdom would be released here on earth. This is actually one of our big prayers as a church. And, you know, we actually see it on the back wall on our shirts. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. Okay, so this implies that God's will is not always being done. You need to remember this. We have authority as believers to pray and things happen. So we get to pray, Lord, your will be done. Jesus prayed this too. Your will be done, not mine, but yours. On earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is perfect. Everything is in perfect order and everything is good. And here we see that Jesus invites us to pray that earth would become more like heaven. So it is possible. Jesus wouldn't ask us to pray for something if it couldn't actually happen. So we can pray that in faith. All right, give us today our daily bread. We have daily needs, right? Jesus is modelling here going to God and trusting that he will meet those needs. We should look to God for everything that we need and not to the world or other people. We go to him first. God is our provider and this is like daily. So today, if I haven't asked God for his needs, I'm still like going by yesterday's. We need to go to him every day for everything that we need. Forgive us our sins. So this is where confession comes in. We ask God to forgive us. But I want to encourage you, like name the stuff. Like we need to acknowledge the stuff, right? If you're apologising to someone, it means so much more if you can actually say what you're apologising for. Acknowledge your shortcomings and your failings. We want to keep short accounts with God. Just like we need daily provision, we need daily forgiveness. And it's available. It's always a yes, I forgive you. As we forgive others, Now, if you're doing Living in Freedom, then you know all about this. You've been working through this. You know the importance of forgiveness. 
Now, I'm not going to go into it too much because, like, forgiveness is a whole message. But we don't forgive somebody for their sake. It's for our own. It's a gift to ourselves to forgive others, right? And also, if you read a bit further on in Matthew 6, after the Lord's Prayer, it says that if we don't forgive others, we won't receive forgiveness. So it's kind of a big deal. It's not really optional, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is acknowledging God as our protector. And it's not saying that he might lead us into temptation either. Um, But there is an enemy who's prowling around and seeking to devour. His mission is to steal, kill and destroy. And so we need the Lord's help. We can't do it in our own strength. We need his daily protection. For yours is the kingdom, the power and glory forever. I love this little bit. Um, It's not in every translation. So you might have been reading and going, that's not in mine. It just goes on to the forgive other people. It's not in every translation, but I think it's cool anyway. And I think it's always good to acknowledge the power and glory of the Lord. Which brings me to my next bit. Amen. Why do we say amen? Amen. Amen simply means let it be so, or that is the truth. Amen is an agreement with what's just been said or prayed. Um, And so that's why we say it. We say amen. Yes and amen. That's good. All right, so here at Hope Community, we want to give lots of opportunity for prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. We want to be a praying church. Um, We don't ever want to rely on ourselves We want to rely on God as a church. So there are lots of different ways that you can be involved in prayer here at Hope. Um, The first one, pre-service prayer on a Sunday. From 8.30 till 8.50, we gather here down the front and anyone is welcome. Now, I want to tell you as well, if you come and join pre-service prayer, there is no pressure for you to pray out loud. I know that can be a little bit daunting if that's not something that you've done a lot. There is no pressure. You can just come and pray in your heart. Remember, the Lord can hear you anyway. And you get to be amongst people who love to pray and know how to pray. Come and absorb what they're bringing. So we've got pre-service prayer. We have the chapel on a Thursday. The chapel is so, yeah, all the chapel people are like, yes, we love it. Come and join us. From 9 a.m. on a Thursday morning, there is worship, there is um, personal prayer, and then the intercessory prayer. Remember, that's praying for other people. We get to, um, again, you don't have to pray out loud. You can come and join one of the little circles. And if you're not up to praying out loud, that's fine. But the other thing I want to say is you just have to do it. I remember going to a prayer class once when I was kind of... um, newish um, to going back to church. And the first thing the pastor says was, I know it's really daunting to pray out loud. You just have to get over it and do it. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. Remember, you don't need impressive words. It's okay, just pray with your heart. Pray simple, it's okay. Come to revival prayer, which is just after the chapel. This is where a team of really fiery people will come and pray for the kingdom to come and God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if you want to get fired up, come and join them on a Thursday. This Thursday is a really great time because you get lunch afterwards as well for free. 
So come on down. The other things, if you would like prayer every Sunday morning after church, our prayer team are down the front and they would love to pray for you. The other thing you can do on a Thursday um, is come to Hope and Healing. There are people who, like their passion and heart is just to bless people and love them and show them God's love and pray for their healing. And I tell you what, they're seeing amazing answers to prayer. So come out and receive prayer. Now, we're trying to make habits as well. So sometimes you have to be super intentional. Set an alarm on your phone. I'm going to pray at this time. If you're a morning person, pray first thing in the morning. If you're a night person, maybe don't pray first thing in the morning. But set a time. You can set any time of the day, but set it aside and pray. Connect with your Father. If we really believed in the power of prayer, we would pray more. If we really believed we were conversing with the Creator of the universe, we would want to do it all the time. It is an absolute miracle and an incredible privilege that we have direct access to God and that He wants to listen to us. So what I want to do as we, um, before we head into worship, I just want to pray because I just want to pray if there's any parts of our hearts or our thinking that aren't in line with the truth of who God is or the truth about prayer. So will you stand? And I'm just going to pray for us and we're just going to, we're just going to go through the Acts model of praying and I'm just going to pray for us. And you can pray in your heart. Or you can just let the words wash over. Um, But if if you're in agreement with it, you can just say amen in your heart and agree. So I'm just going to pray for us. Oh Lord, you are the maker of the heavens and earth and we come before you acknowledging that you are a good God. You're a mighty God. You're a loving God. You're a loving Father. We're so thankful, Lord, that we can just come to you as your kids. We worship you here this morning, Lord. We put you on the throne, Lord. Lord, we're sorry for the times that we have had a wrong view about you and who you are. Or a wrong view of coming to you, Lord. I'm sorry for the times that we've treated you like a genie and we've come to you with our wish list, God, and we've forgotten the holiness of your name. Lord, forgive us for those times, God. Forgive us for those times that we've been flippant or that we we haven't given you the time that you deserve, Lord. We're sorry for those times, Lord. Forgive us. Lord, we're so thankful for your grace. We thank you, Father, that you sent Jesus, your beloved Son, to die on our behalf, Lord. And because of his blood that was shed, that we can come near to you again, that we have access to you, God. That we don't need to go through somebody else, that we can go directly to you, Lord, and say, Dad, I need you. We thank you for that, Lord. Help us to remember that, God. Help us to remember the beauty of the cross. Help us to remember the miracle it is that we have your number, Lord, and that you always answer. Lord, I just pray, God, that you would come now 
and that you would set our hearts right, that you would set our thoughts right, that you would replace those old things, those old ways of thinking with the truth of who you are, Lord, and the truth of the power of prayer and the truth of the authority that we have as your children, Lord, to come to you, God. We worship you this morning, Lord. And Lord, as we come to worship, I just pray that this would be a real declaration of your faithfulness, of your goodness, of your kindness, that it would help us, Lord, even if our hearts aren't quite there yet, Lord, that as our words come out, as the sounds come out of our mouth, Lord, that it will help to set our hearts right, God. You're a faithful God and you're trustworthy and I thank You that You're there, Lord. Thank you that you're there, Lord, that you love us, God. And even if, the, even if the answer is not always as we hope, God, it's okay. It is well. You are still good. You are still on the throne, Lord, and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the band are going to lead us, but I just encourage you, sing this as a declaration. Sing it as a declaration this morning of our awesome God. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.